on today's episode of the Senior Quote Sports Podcast. We break down the latest in the NFL as well as the firing of tyrant owner slash coach Bill O'Brien. And we talk a little bit about the Heat's bounce back dub against LeBron and company. Let's get into it. We are once again live on Instagram Live. We are recording, as always, with the uh, Blue Yeti mic. I'm going to plug Blue Yeti today for some reason. And yeah, um, excited to do another episode. So, Jack, how are you doing today? I- I'm Eden Broderick, of course. <laughs> I, my intro is off because I'm looking at the screen. I'm looking at ourselves on your phone. And then I forget that I also have to do the normal intro for the guys listening on the podcast. But anyway, I'm Aiden Broderick. Jack Coleman's with me here. Now, how are you doing, Jack? I'm fantastic. I'm just tweeting out a little bit, so maybe we can get some more viewers in here. Perfect. But I'm feeling great. Uh, we got a Yankees game tonight. We do. Big game. Yep. Super excited for that. Uh, we had some football. I felt like it was some weird football this week, but we'll get into that. Uh, otherwise, you know, same as usual. We're heating up in, in the sports world. We're getting into the playoffs, and it's some fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, like you said, the NFL was weird this week. Um We'll get to that in a second. I'll, I'll save that. But first, maybe we'll preview the Yankees game. Uh, I don't have any quotes for the Yankees yet, and I know you don't have any MLB either. But uh, since we've last spoken <laughs> with you guys, uh, the Yankees swept the Indians. Uh, they won both games. It was a best of three. Yankees only needed two games to get through that, which was huge for our sanity and huge for the arms as well. And tonight we get Garrett Cole against Blake Snell and the Rays for game one of the ALDS. It's pretty scary, um, to be honest, because Blake Snell, one of the best pitchers in the AL, obviously Garrett Cole as well, but I think the Rays have better pitching, Yankees to me have a bit better of a lineup, but it's pretty close. The advantage we have is these games are taking place in San Diego. It's the bubble, uh, one of four locations that these playoff games will play at. Um, The Astros A's are live right now in Los Angeles, so it's kind of interesting how they're doing that on the West Coast. But the reason I bring this up, Yankee Stadium, very similar as a hitting park to San Diego's Petco Mm -hmm. Park, which is a big benefit for us. Meanwhile, we always struggle when we play at Tropicana Field, the Trop, Tampa Bay. So really glad we're not there. Instead, we have the home field advantage in a way, even though I think tonight the Rays are the home team. But what do you think? What are you expecting from tonight? Takeaways from last week's series? I I mean, the biggest takeaway that kind of feeds into into tonight is is, you know, the hitting lineup, obviously, like you said, it's going to be close there, but Garrett Cole pitching. I think Garrett, Garrett Cole locks it down. We get an easy first win here again, and we ride out into the sunset of game two. Hopefully, yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, after that point, we have Davey Garcia, game two. He's going to be the youngest uh, starter ever. right? Yep, youngest starter ever for the Yankees in a postseason game. So he's starting game two. That's strategic to move Tanaka onto game three, use him in... What might be a bigger game, especially if the Yankees win tonight. Game two, they're facing, we'll say, the Rays' second-best pitcher, who I'm not sure they have uh, that set up yet. It could be Charlie Morton. Uh, it could be a younger guy. Regardless, I like that idea where you put out David Garcia, who's good at the end of the regular season, 
Hopefully he stays hot, but then worst case, you drop game two. Ideally, it's 1-1 after a win tonight, which we'll see. And then Tanaka, who's been awesome in the postseason for years now, is your game three starter. That would be ideal, so we'll see if that's how it all plays out. Um, but yeah, now we can talk about sports that have actually taken place. I've got, you know, I only have two quotes right now. I'm going to find my third as we go based on, you know, topic, but... Because of that, we'll let you go first. Cool. Uh, I know you have some NBA and some NFL, so what are you feeling first? I'm going to start right off with NFL. Okay. There was a lot that went on this weekend, but like all kind of weird and out of place, but here's the first quote of the day from this weekend's NFL games. Okay. I'd like to keep these conversations between me and blank. I just have to keep certain things protected between me and the team. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I, I was thinking about this as a lead topic for today as well. I'm not sure necessarily which one of these two people said it. I have an idea. Um, but, and maybe I could be wrong actually, but, but I'm going to go with my gut. Uh, in the Giants-Rams game, it ended with a fight in the, on the field and then also off the, the field. On the field, off the field, between, in the parking lot, yeah. everywhere in between, in the secret underground NBA tunnels, <laughs> yeah. it went down. Yeah, and it was between... <laughs> The Giants wide receiver Golden Tate, who I'm assuming, not assuming, I'm guessing, said this quote. And then the other party was Jalen Ramsey of the Rams. So. Or was it the other way around? So, was it the neither other way around? sort of, but you get a half point. Wow, it was um, the other way around. I'll give you a really? half point because that is the situation, and this was about Golden Tate. Oh, but, but this is actually was, Joe Judge talking oh, about who, the situation. Who said that uh, he saw Ramsey throw a throw a punch first right throw a punch first and, so, and yeah. when asked about the situation he fair was like enough. i gotta keep this between me and golden tate That's so first enough. of all i don't see a problem with golden tate here i, I thought, really yeah. don't i thought it was golden tate like the quote was gonna be him being classy keep it between the team mm-hmm. and the two parties at play here between him and ramsey but obviously with no love lost on the field between these different fights that happened it makes Only sense love he wouldn't be saying exactly so so club. if you want to give context to what happened no i mean right. so basically the situation is that golden tate's sister uh was with jalen ramsey she has i think a kid or two uh by him okay. and then he left her for a strip like a stripper lap dance girl whatever you want to call them um and so this all kind of built up to this point this season where the Rams and the Giants were playing each other, and they kind of hinted at the fact that they were going to have to play each other. And so here it was, you know, nothing was left off the field. They let it out. They hashed it out on the field. And then Jalen Ramsey goes to the locker room and waits outside. Uh, and as Shane says here, he was she was pregnant with the third as well. Wow. So, okay. like, rough situation. And I think Golden Tate, as big brother bear, was all, like, so right to be doing this. Uh, but Jalen Ramsey, from what I've seen of him, from what I've heard of him in interviews or you know, even on Hard Knocks this year, he, he's kind of the worst. Like, he's not a good guy. Yeah. Um, super cocky, which, like, I get when you're one of the best corners in the league, but come on. Like, it's a Giants team that has zero yeah. wins this season. Uh, this is just outrageous to be carrying on like this when you're the one at fault. Yeah, it was... Um it makes me think that there's been exchanges uh, off the field over Definitely. social media, maybe, or just texts or whatnot, and it built up. Maybe there was trash talk coming into this game, and it just built up into this because this didn't feel like football-related, and obviously mm. it wasn't. Giants had nothing to fight for. I mean, and then if you're the Rams, you're picking on a little brother there who is struggling at 0-4 now. I don't really want to talk about that, but we probably will. Yeah. But long story short, on that side, I definitely think this had to do more with what you talked about with Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate's 
different, I'll, I'll even say familial relations, kind of, mm-hmm. and um, which makes a lot more sense than having, you know, a cornerback, wide receiver. Obviously, they're going chippy uh, at each other. I think uh, Ramsey wanted to cover Tate. I can't remember how much he did. Tate's washed up, so obviously didn't give Ramsey yeah. or whoever was covering him much of a much of a challenge. I was gonna say much of a fight, but anyway, yeah. I mean, it was weird, and I, it's just weird to see the Giants as well, a Joe Judge coach team, or just in general, in the middle of a fight. Mm-hmm. That's not usually the Giants' way, so it does make sense that Ramsey seems to have been the initiator and kind of the reason for this beef in the first place. Well, the Giants' way is also not going own four either. So uh, I mean, everything recently it has on its head. Yeah. Um, but also, I have a theoretical. Okay. In a tag team brawl, okay. do you take Paul George and Jalen Ramsey or, on the opposing end, Golden Tate and Seth Curry? Oh. Ah. Because we um, talked about this last time on the show, too, with, from the, a, with that playoff situation. From a purely fight standpoint, mm-hmm. it's got to be Paul George. And it, has be, right? <laughs> it has to be, right? It has to be, 100%. I, I like Seth and Golden Tate better than those other two. Um, I don't even like Golden Tate that much. <laughs> I realize he's super overpaid. He's super not great. Didn't really, just a bad move by Gettleman, one of many. But, um, yeah, I'd have to take Paul George and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, what I just thought of, too, I don't I don't have a quote on this. I'm assuming you don't. You do have one more NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but if this just happened. This literally just happened. Then... Then no, then maybe not. Then I'll maybe save not. it. But but get Dave Gettleman out of here is what I wanted to say. Sorry, sorry, I didn't want to, didn't want to preview future topics. Hey, I mean, at least Dave Gettleman isn't coaching. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Okay, um, my first NFL quote: uh, Please stop DMing about your fantasy teams. I promise you, I don't care. Hmm. This is I'm, an interesting one. Like, yeah. Like think about this because it's not a star. Is what I'll say. But it has to do with a star. Is it a player? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to just kind of take a wild guess here and say Kenyon Drake. Mm, I, I thought I saw him say something maybe early on. Wouldn't be surprised if he did. about that. This um, just happened. My hint would be Alex uh, sent it in the big picture. Devontae Adams then. Half point I'll give you. Okay. It's not Devontae Adams, but it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling okay. who's replacing Devontae adams Snyder. Not replacing, but it's going to get more reps, a lot more targets, because Devontae Adams officially is not playing tonight. Um, he was up, like, really a day-to-day, like, uh, game-time decisions, the word I was looking for, right up until tonight. And just around maybe, like, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, he decided, no, he's not playing today. He tweeted something weird about it, too, where he said he's 100% fine, but his doctors don't think so. The, the, but, uh, the Trump move. Yeah, exactly. But he also said he didn't want to play unless he felt 100%. So it was really a weird... Like, I I was not expecting him to play. MVS uh, is what I call him, because I hate saying Valdez Scanling. It's just a mouthful. Um, Was clearly going to step into this role, especially with Alan Lazard having an injury as well. I'm pretty sure. But uh, it seems he doesn't like the added pressure of everyone who picked him up as a handcuff for Devontae Adams with his past couple injuries, and I, for one, am starting him in place of Devontae Adams tonight, but luckily I did not DM him because he would not be a friend of the show, and I I do want uh, MVS to be a friend of the show, so basically, I want to use this quote for two reasons, one, just to preview tonight's Monday Night Football games, because I don't have anything on Chiefs Patriots, but more importantly, 
yeah, to talk about can Rodgers light up this Falcons defense without two of his top three receivers? Yeah, I, I mean, still think yes, but it, let me hear it's, you. It's the 31st-ranked passing defense. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, they're garbage. The offense is great. You know, Matt Ryan, it seemingly seems that every single weekend he has to light up on offense only for the defense to blow the game yep. for him. We've seen it yep. so many times before and in the Super Bowl against the Pats. Um, you know, there's not much more that that Falcons offense can do. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I think that Rodgers not having some of his top receiving threats really, really stinks for him. Um, and like I said, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to go down to the wire. And it's just all a matter of a quarterback, old head quarterback matchup, yeah. and I'm all for it. Uh, what I really like for the Packers' side is their defense is a lot better than what the yeah. Falcons have faced recently. And while the Falcons will always be high octane with both Julio and Calvin Ridley going crazy through the first couple weeks of the season, on the flip side, they haven't faced anybody like the Packers yet. Um, so I do think that we should see. I, I got Packers by two touchdowns tonight. But it's going to be weirder now that we don't have Devontae Adams in. Uh, hello, Tim. Uh, if you want us to talk about the Eagles, we can. Actually, the Eagles had a great Sunday night football game. It, you know, they First are now, place at 1-2-1. Yeah, they're one. now the top of the NFC East, 1-2-1. The uh, NFC East has a combined three wins all season long. And the Giants are at the bottom of that pile. So uh, that's no fun for and us. And not far behind. Not <laughs> far behind at still, all. Still like two games or a game and a half out. Maybe if we win back-to-back games. That's probably asking way too much from uh, from the Giants right now. But, yeah, uh, I didn't have a quote on the Eagles. But, yeah, seeing that Tim came in to uh, gas up his team, I, I would gladly quickly talk about them. Do you, do you feel now that the Carson Wentz hate is a little bit over the top? No. Okay. I, I think I have stood by the belief that Carson Wentz has not been the same since his injury. I think whatever talent he did have has all but regressed. Um, I think he has flashes here and there of being that guy, but to me he just really isn't. And it proved that the Eagles could win without him when they had Nick Foles in there. Uh, that's a different story now with the Bears and everything else. But I don't think Carson Wentz is necessarily the guy that the Eagles need to get it done and to stick with going forward. To be honest, hot take here, I don't think any starting quarterback in the NFC East should be looked at long term. Okay, I have. It's a hot take. Yeah. And I again don't necessarily agree fully with it. But I think you can make the argument that every single one of those quarterbacks could be finding themselves out of a job next year. There's someone in there that I defend, and it's not Daniel Jones at this point, but we'll get to that probably later. Well, it's definitely not Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, exactly. What I will say about Wentz um, is he has no O-line in front of him either, and this is a team that was built on a great O-line where they had Jason Peters, they had Jason Kelsey, um, Lane Johnson, who started the season injured, Jason Peters now out for the entire year, and Kelsey is either playing and just not as good as he was, or he could be retired at this point. I think he's still in the league. But long story short, that's huge. I mean, like, Wentz is used to having time in the pocket. And sure, he can move a bit. He had a rushing touchdown last night. But it hurts him so much to have no time to look for any receivers. And then guess what? They also have no receivers. Their their leading receiver last night, Travis Fulgham, who had two catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. I picked up Greg Ward in fantasy, four receptions, 38 yards. That was second best. And then if you remember Richard Rodgers, uh... He's their best tight end right now. Uh, I mean, Zach Ertz is there, but he did absolutely nothing last night. Yeah. So it's just really weird. It, like, uh, it's they won. I mean, they beat a banged up Niners team, but and it was in prime time. So sure, good for them. 
But as, uh, as Shane's saying here, Jalen Hurts, not yet. I don't think at all this season. Maybe use him more in some sub packages, which we've seen a bit recently. Jason, sorry, jeez, where did I see Jason? Shane says Zach Ertz is killing in fantasy, official bust. It's weird because he's had two good games, or at least one good game. I haven't won in my leagues, but last night was horrendous. Good I think it's PPR because he had four catches. I but. feel like you can say the same thing about every single person in fantasy this year. One or two Weirdly, good games, yeah. last night was completely terrible. Yeah. That's been everyone in fantasy that was a top 25 pick this year. Everyone except Calvin Ridley, uh, who's been awesome for me in one of my leagues. But he plays tonight, so maybe tonight's his night. Maybe it's his big bust. You never know. Yeah. Um, um, but the last thing I want to say, like the yeah. NFC East is just so unbelievably garbage. And it's sad. I, I it's was trying to even think of what it can compare to. Maybe, like The winner sure, of um, the presidential election. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Because um, it's like... Whoever wins is going to lose in the long run <laughs> in wow. America. Wow. And win or lose, your fans will probably ride in the streets. So leave it at that. Fair enough. Uh, on to your second NFL quote, I guess. <laughs> so we've hinted at this. Yeah. I'll get into it now. Some, some breaking news today. Actually, it's kind of a funny quote now, but okay. we'll go into it. I think they feel like we're close, and we just need to get a win. But no, I'm not worried about the morale. I think we have good guys that understand what we have to do to try try to dig ourselves out of it. I mean, I hope this is Bill O'Brien. Yeah, it was Bill <laughs> O'Brien as of 12 o'clock today. Wow, that is tough. <laughs> so yeah, Bill O'Brien, who was head coach and also became GM somehow. He had every single job that mattered for the Texans and then made all the worst trades in the world. And long story short... 0-4 to start the season. He is canned. He's out of both positions he had. Maybe he was team president, too, honestly. But that's all gone. Romeo Cornell will be the uh, the new, or uh, what's the word for, like, substitute? Interim. Like, uh, interim. Thank you. I love the word interim in sports. But Romeo Cornell, who used to be on the Browns, uh, that's all I remember him for. Interim head coach. We'll see how that works. But <laughs> Bill O'Brien, how how did it take this long for him to get oh out of here? Oh, my God. He's atrocious, and he's been this way. I, yeah. Again, to kind of bring up hard knocks again, I remember when the Texans were on it, and I absolutely despised him on that team. He's not a fun guy. He's not a personal guy. He doesn't even really know what's going on with his own team that he is both running and drafting for yeah, and making big trade decisions for. We should have been fully out when he traded away DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Are you kidding me? That's one of the top three receivers in the game right now if not one you could have made that argument coming into the season and you get rid of him with a young quarterback like Deshaun Watson and now you don't have the next two draft picks I believe I think they're going to the Dolphins that's what I'm trying to find because yes they are they're going both to the Dolphins. Dolphins it's the first and second first rounders, and second rounders but I can't remember what that trade was and I want to find it Either oh, way, it was the it, Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills which I didn't hate when it happened I I but it now was two firsts in a second for a franchise left tackle who I like, Laramie Tunsil, but he's been hurt I think a little bit. And then Kenny Stills is no more than a second or third best receiver on a team. So yeah, the, now that I'm looking at it as well, it's just kind of disappointing. Uh, they only got a third round pick for Jadavion Clowney when he went to the Seahawks just recently. I, I don't know. It's just like he never really made a good decision. <laughs> I, I don't like the David Johnson. Addition, obviously, no one liked the DeAndre Hopkins subtraction, but we were expecting David Johnson to do some big things, and he's just not been enough for the offense. I love Will Fuller; he's had a great year, but he is not a number one receiver. He should be your two or three. I mean, you're showing us so, the, so who actually, the schedule right now. Who actually fired 
Bill O'Brien. Oh, that's a good question. Like, I guess the ownership. But, yeah, I, <laughs> he was pretty close to being the owner. Exactly. I mean, he, he, before you know it, Deshaun Watson was probably going to be benching. Bill O'Brien <laughs> was going to be starting quarterback. Yeah, literally. But if you really look at the teams they've lost to, this may have been a perfect setup for some kind of change at head coach. Yeah. Because the Chiefs was going to be a loss most likely, especially coming into the season after their Super Bowl win. Yep. Then you have the incredibly electric Ravens with Lamar Jackson at the helm, yep. who only lost to the Chiefs. Yep. Pittsburgh, that defense is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Vikings, who are this really weird team that the Texans should have beat, but yeah. then again, you can never count out Kirk Cousins, oddly enough, and yeah. you still have Dalvin Cook on that offense. Feeling well, uh, too, yeah. you know, it's tough. But now we have like a measly Jacksonville Jaguars team and a Tennessee Titans team that, on paper, Deshaun Watson is going to be the or is the better quarterback of the duo in that game. Um, and then we have a, a hot Green Bay Packers team before the bye. So I think if there was going to be a change, now makes sense to me, especially after the Vikings' loss. Yeah. Um, but something needs to be done for Deshaun Watson on this team. It nothing is working. And it's criminal that they actually did go 0-4. Yes. But looking at the teams they played, it, it kind of makes sense in that. Uh, I was going to say, in hindsight, it's not crazy to think they lost those first three games. In fact, they were the underdog in all three of them, for sure. But I thought the Texans were a good enough team. I don't know about organization, but good enough team to at least take one of them. Um, Kansas City, I thought they might have an upset chance. But at the same time, ring ceremony in Kansas City, that's going to be tough. Baltimore, they were home for that, um, and they got lit up. That was actually their biggest loss to date, which is kind of weird. And then Pittsburgh, they hung tight with the Steelers, but like you said, that's a that's maybe the best defense in the league. So 0-3 makes sense, but they didn't fire them through three games. I agreed with that. Let's see how they do against the 0-3 Vikings, and they lose. So, so it makes sense. This does seem like the right time. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the Texans, I say beat the Jaguars. They should be, they should be better than the Jags. Uh, the Titans game, though, that's going to be what really determines where they end up. The Titans have one of the best defenses as well. And if Derrick Henry gets going against that really, really bad rush offense, that run offense that they have, I wouldn't be surprised if this uh, Texans team, or rather this Dolphins team, is picking in the top five because that's where the Texans pick is going to go. Pretty disappointing, all told, when you put that into perspective. And I know uh, our friend Jack Raj, who is a Giants fan from Jersey, but the, the Texans are his second team, and that... Doesn't make it any better uh, when those two teams are combined 0 for 8. Um, let's go to my second quote. Uh, okay, we keep hurting ourselves on offense, putting our defense in a bad spot, and not starting fast enough. That's what's been killing us over these past few games. Um, just who said it, and uh, you, you know the situation kind of comes around it, but it's another disappointing uh, NFL team through these first couple games. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's so many I could go for. There are. Uh, I'd say one last hint would be NFC East. Okay, so probably the Giants, right? Mm, No. No. I didn't want to talk about the Giants. The Cowboys, then? Mm -hmm. Who do you think said it? Um, Let's just, just go with Dak. It is Dak. And this quote, I really wanted to talk, first of all, about this game. 49 to 38, the Browns beat the Cowboys in another like crazy shootout where the Cowboys offense wasn't the issue. The defense was. Mm-hmm. So I thought this quote was weird. What Dak is talking about is he threw a pick with about two minutes left that spoiled the chances of the Cowboys coming back. 
They were in the red zone or at least close to it. If Dak scores a touchdown there, whether they get a two-point conversion or not, they're within a touchdown. So onside kick, which Greg Lillette converted against the Falcons, they had been there before. And, I mean, they had pulled it off before. But this Cleveland team putting 49 points up on the defense, Dak, again, did his thing. He threw for, I think, 500 yards. Like, he threw 50-something passes. I think it was like 58. He out-threw Mayfield by, like, 300 yards. It was really, like, the weirdest outline I've ever seen for a team that lost with that great of an offense versus the team that won with way more points, but it was because the defense stepped up with a pick six, I think, or at least putting them in great field position. Odell had a rushing touchdown. Jarvis Landry had a passing touchdown. It was just all these Two weird Odell. things. It's a team that works together in the weirdest way because I don't think Baker's that great of a quarterback. It was a game to dissect for sure. The reason I was holding off with the Dak Prescott, um, is that's the quarterback I was talking about when you said the NFC East mm. has a bunch of guys that aren't necessarily franchise guys. I still think Dak is. Yes, he threw the pick with two minutes left, but I'm a Giants fan. I don't like the Cowboys. I do like Dak Prescott, and he's proven more to me even this season that I do like him. His defense just has disappeared. I thought they were solid. They lost Byron Jones in free agency to the uh, Dolphins. But even still, they should have had enough pieces to hold tight against some of the teams they played. Sure, they played the Falcons. No surprise to give up like 40 points there. But 49 to the Browns. Like, what are you thinking after this game? I don't know. I It's... It's tough because I think that the Browns are also kind of playing really well right now. The 3-1 um, for the first time since 2001. Yeah, there's, there's I, I think Baker gets a little too much hate. I think we need to recognize that, you know, he's not top-tier elite, mm-hmm. and he isn't going to be. He's not going to be your Mahomes. He's not going to be your Deshaun Watson. Honestly, not even going to be your Dak Prescott. Yeah. But he's the guy that around the talent that he has, he should be able to perform enough to get them rolling and, and get them above 500 this year and, and into the playoffs. Um, outside of that, though, I think that the Cowboys going into this offseason, I don't know if Dak is retained, if he goes somewhere else, or what the deal is, um, because obviously he's not the problem. And it's just a weird situation. I think it's a situation around the entire league where the offense and defense aren't fully in sync. And whether that has to do with draft picks, whether that has to do with players opting out, it, you know, it's really hard to kind of figure out how to put this perfect team together in order to work. I mean, that's that's the end goal, right, is having an entire team work in tandem. And that wasn't happening for the Cowboys and hasn't been. Um, so going forward, it, it's such a big toss-up. And I think we see it around the NFC East um, in total that, you know, both sides of the ball are struggling in different ways. And especially with the Cowboys, the defense was not lining up with the offense this weekend. No, not one bit. Um but at the same time, is it weird to say that the Cowboys are still my favorite to win the division? I mean, I think they're just off to a slow start. Mm. They've shown that their offense has what it takes to win the division. I mean, it doesn't take much at this point. And meanwhile, if they just get their defense on the right page and play some teams that maybe are struggling on offense as well, cough, cough, the rest of the division, I think they're going to show that they are the best team in that division. Yeah. Considering I don't think they've played a single divisional game. Well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, it, it doesn't feel like... We, Giants we've haven't. played any of these divisional matchups yet, and that's yeah. where we're going to really start to see some of the wins rack up. And I'm thinking especially for the Cowboys, like you're thinking as well. Yeah. I can't see it being the Eagles, nope. um, at least against the Cowboys. Uh, Won't be the Giants. The Washington football team, who knows, maybe they'll get one of these weird wins here and there, especially against like an Eagles team. Right. Um, 
But yeah, check, the Giants aren't getting check it. Check out Shane's hot take, though, that Kyle Allen takes over for Haskins. Um, I thought they had another backup that I kind of like, but maybe not. But anyway, Kyle Allen, who led the Panthers to a decent record with Cam Newton being hurt last year. And instead, he takes over for Haskins here, leads football team to first in the division. It's crazy. football team. It's crazy, but, I mean, if Chase Young keeps playing well, and I know he picked up a bit of an injury, but I think he's okay. I'll check in on that, fact check myself. But with a guy like that. I'm sure if he played this weekend. I I think he was held out as well. But their defense has been weirdly decent for a team that we thought was going to be bottom of the barrel. Who knows what to think of any of the teams in that division. I, I think that's just really garbage. the takeaway. It's just garbage. It, it's just garbage, for sure. I think Cowboys finish 7-9 and and win the division. That's that's really what I feel like they're on trajectory for. Yeah. And that's just so sad. But, yeah, okay. So, I guess on to your NBA quote, then. All right. I hope yeah, go, the next game I score zero, and y'all talk like y'all want to talk, and we win, so I can come up here and say the same thing. I hope next game I score zero, mm-hmm. but we win to see if y'all want to talk the same thing. Um, it's got to be a Laker. I, 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 that's what I think. Because to be fair, it's been a week since we did the last show. We were previewing the finals as a whole. Now we're three games into the finals. So I'm going to say that you're talking about a Laker after last night's loss to the Heat. Specifically, I, I mean, I guess specifically LeBron. So, no, it's actually on the other end. So, this must the be Miami game two. Heat. Uh, this is Jimmy Butler. Of course it is. And this came... Is it after game two? Yes. Okay, that sucks. This <laughs> came... Or wait, was... No, no, after game three, last night. Really? He was taught... They this asked him about the triple-double, and he said, honestly... Because they were asking him and grilling him questions and everything, he said, honestly... I hope I score zero next game so that when you come to me asking about why, you know, how we won this game, how it was behind you, you know, I can give the same answer. Well, let me read my NBA quote then, and then we'll talk about this as a whole. Obviously, there's only one real thing going on right now. But okay. One of the best competitors we have in our game, to go up against a fierce competitor like that is something I'll look back on when I'm done playing and miss those moments. Uh, It's Jimmy talking about LeBron. No, we both got this wrong. So it's LeBron talking about Jimmy. Because what you were hinting at, what I'm trying to hint at, it's funny that we both missed it. Jimmy Butler, 40 points, 13 assists, Mm. 11 rebounds to lead the Heat to their first victory of this series. They're now down 2-1. Jimmy is the first player in NBA history to outscore, out-rebound, and out-assist LeBron all in the same finals game. That's never happened ever before. Mm. So... Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I thought on your side that it was a Laker who was finally getting some criticism and was mm. like, all right, like, like I hope... Kuzma. Yeah. Kuzma's like, not getting a ring. Be like, I hope I score zero and we still win because... But that would happen with Kuzma. I feel like if LeBron said it, it would be kind of powerful. Like, mm-hmm. the rest of my team did it around me. But that makes sense that it was Jimmy because he's getting credit as basically carrying the entire team because no well, Bam... Because he is. No Goran. Um... Tyler Harrow shot six for eighteen and then did his mean mug thing. Which yeah, honestly, I, I had no issue with it. I I love that yeah. when you're down two zero in a series, you need a little something. No, yeah, no problem with it. Tyler Hero, do your thing. Well, by some people, I mean Lakers fans on Twitter. All so. right, well, that's like majority of bandwagoning fans everywhere, there and they're go. the worst anyway. We'll see edits for a Giannis Lakers jersey <laughs> sometime this summer. I can't even talk about that because the Knicks are probably going to do the <laughs> same thing. But yeah, awesome game. Um, we got a little fight out of the whoa. Sorry. All right. There <laughs> will be light. A little better um, for the stream. 
we got a little fight out of the heat. You know, we needed that in this series. I didn't want it to be a blowout. I didn't want this to be a cakewalk for LeBron. Um, I think the ring itself is going to be big for LeBron. But if he was just going to win in a sweep against the Heat, that would be another knock that people would have on him for a while. Um, Interesting. And I think when we look back at the teams on paper, um, in in the bubble playoffs, he's still going to get a bit of a knock uh, for some of the teams that he had to play against. But, you know, the ones who really watched and know what went down know that it was pretty legit. I've heard some interesting takes um, for LeBron in this series because on one hand, if he wins it it's like the cupcake finals they've said just like the easiest pass to the finals that he's ever had or that a a a goat candidate has ever had but on the flip side if he loses that would just destroy all credibility i think because he would blow it to a team that was banged up the five seed in their conference in the weaker conference of the two was still able to push through and beat the goat or potentially the goat that's like that's argu- I mean, it's clearly worse. Not arguably worse. It's clearly worse. Um, but I will say, and I think you were saying this as well, it's almost better that the Heat won one, at least, instead of getting swept, because it gives a little bit of an argument for the Heat not being that bad, for Jimmy Butler being able to outperform LeBron on every category like we were talking about. Um, and he's no one has ever done that before. So Cupcake Finals who? Like, there's a guy doing that. Jimmy's I like ball. that for him. But I, I don't think Jimmy can do that. Every game, I mean, the guy is playing like 40 plus minutes a game. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, he was exhausted. There was a, like three uh, tough layups in a row where he hit the ground. They were all fouls. On the third one, he laid there for a good 10 seconds, just catching his breath. He wasn't hurt. He seemed to be hurt. Uh, I got a little worried for him, but it just turned out that he needed to catch his breath. The dude has been putting it all out there for his team, which I love. It's great to see Jimmy we've talked about this before, in a good environment for him and to fit his personality and to fit his work ethic and what he does on the court. Um, I'm just excited to see if they can get another one. But I, think I, I would like Lakers one more. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'd like one more win for the Heat, and maybe once Bam is back officially, that'll be you know something that can actually happen. He's questionable. He's for questionable tonight, now. Tomorrow, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that the Heat could have backed down, and they could have – pull the Clippers and just kind of let this series wash over them and, you know, come back bigger and better next year. But they're not. And that's not who Jimmy Butler is. And I think it's a testament to his character that he's going to stand up. Even with his team battered and down, he's going to get a win. And, you know, that was really, really awesome the other night that he was able to do that with a, you know, pretty diminished Heat team. Yeah, that's uh, putting it I also saw uh, Drogic today. He was saying, like, he literally oh. searched to answers from God yeah, from the as man to above, why, the man above, as yeah. to why his uh, foot had to get injured, or maybe it was his ankle or something. I think it's um, foot. For, for, the, for the final series, it just was terrible timing for him. And, yeah, he literally said, uh, <laughs> ask the guy above, why now? Why did he hurt his foot during the finals? It's sad for him. I mean, yeah. a guy who's a grinder who has played on a bunch of different teams, and he makes it here at the Heat. He, and he's been a focal point. He was scoring like 20 points a game against the Celtics. So it's a tough loss for them for sure. Um, yeah, so predictions there. I'm saying Lakers in five at this point. I, I don't think that he get another one. I'm going to say six. I'm going to okay. stick with six. I said six early on. I think I'm going to ride with it. Word. I'm cool with that. Okay. Um, bef- we have a lot of time left. I'd say a good 20 minutes. Um, those are our quotes for today. We have a top five of like sports scenarios that we'd love to see live, whether that's, you know, I won't spoil anything, but whether that's a big game, big championship, or just a specific moment. 
We'll get to that. I think first we should do our like fastest two minutes segment, just go through the NFL games, quick takeaways on both teams. So I'll just read the score out and we'll you know talk quick about what we remember from those games. Starting with Seahawks only winning by eight against the Dolphins, 31-23. What do you think? Yeah, um, no like key takeaways from that with me. I, I feel like that the Dolphins are uh, have a great coach in Flores and yeah. that they can play close in some of those games, but Russell Wilson comes out on top yet again, and he's lighting it up with, with that offense, and the Seahawks are still very legit. I think a win is a win at the end of the day, no matter how it comes. With eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, it was 17-15 Seattle, and the, uh, oh, it's funny, Seattle had the ball on their 25 at this point, so they were winning, and they had the ball. But surprisingly, the Dolphins actually had the better win probability for that one moment. It was 56%, according to ESPN. The entire rest of the game, the Seahawks are the favorites, and rightfully so. Russell Wilson looks like an MVP candidate for sure. Next up is, sadly, Rams 17, Giants 9. Giants are terrible. We held them to 17? Is that good? Is it? I don't know. Uh, you know. I think if you hold them to 17, you need to, to put up more than yards. 9. Yes. Is the thing. Yeah. So that's the key takeaway is I think the defense is actually working better than it has in previous seasons. Yep. But the offense is just atrocious, and I don't even know who to blame. I'm slowly and slowly giving up more and more on Daniel Jones. I really am. I'm, I'm kind of over it now, and I think that we keep comparing him to Eli Manning when he's not that. And it may be time to move on even next year if we keep losing throughout the entire season. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't want to say that yet, but I'm, I'm feeling the same feelings. So I do agree to, to a point. Um, Bengals 33, Jags 25. Joe Burrow's first victory comes over Minshew Mania. A good little battle. Feels yeah. good. Loves yeah. the ball. Puts it back in the bag, and he's ready to go that for next awesome. week. So I, we knew Burrow was going to get wins. We knew that this wasn't going to be the Bengals team of old where they were going to lose these toss-up games. Uh, and when it, when it's Burrow against Minshew, you really hope that the Tiger King takes it and takes the crown in that one. Uh, Joe Mixon, 25 carries for 150 yards, two touchdowns, added a third touchdown in the air. Huge breakout for him. Yes, it's the Jags defense, but good news for fantasy owners. I, for one, just traded him away for Terry McLaurin. <laughs> well, he put up 22, so we'll get to that in a sec. Um, we talked about Browns-Cowboys. We can go over that one. Saints Lions. Saints win only 35 to 29. They scored five straight touchdowns to get to that point. They were down 14 nothing to start the game. What's the thought there? I don't know. I think that we're heading into an aging Drew Brees, and it's kind of similar to the Tom Brady Pats, where you know as they're getting older, it's not going to be as dominant uh, matchups and, and and wins for them, but you know, they're still going to get the job done. And, and it's good enough to get them through to the playoffs. We're just going to start seeing more and more of a decline of the team overall until their next guy comes in and takes the helm. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I, I just think, are they, I, I was going to say, are they even a playoff team, which I think they still are. Think but with be. Breeze, are they truly a Super Bowl contender? Like, no, I, I wouldn't say Super so. Bowl contender. He, he's but, not a lock anymore. I have more faith in Aaron Rodgers and the Packers than the Saints with Drew Brees. Remember, they haven't had Michael Thomas for a while, but that's he's just been using Michael Thomas as kind of a check down as well. Well, mm-hmm. you don't use a wide receiver as a check down, but he's going with those short passes because the dude can't, with his old shoulder, he can't throw it further than 15 yards, it seems mm-hmm. like. Um, with Michael Thomas back, would you like this team better if Jameis Winston was at the helm? We've talked about yes, this with Kyle. I'm all in on bringing back Jameis. Hashtag bring back Jameis 2020. I want to see him He's with LASIK surgery. He's right there. And him being able to actually read signs now. 
Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and be able to tell callers apart. You know, he's not throwing to... Big. I always mix yeah. up the seeing situations between him and Steph, so maybe Steph couldn't see signs. Right. But yeah. as long as the Astros aren't seeing signs, we're good. Good point. All right, so Buccaneers 38, Chargers 31. This was a crazy game. Drew Brees, or excuse me, Tom Brady with five touchdowns. Um, similar kind of story, except this time... It was the Bucks that really stepped up and took the win, where it really seemed like the Chargers and Justin Herbert are they're one and three, but they're kind of decent. Like they're one and three. I think that you know, this is Herbert who has only two starts under his belt. But decent starts. But decent starts. And he looks good. But this is just another thing that happens every single year where teams don't know how to handle new rookie quarterbacks, Fair. and especially ones that get thrown in midway through the season. So I'm interested to see how it happens. I don't know if Tyrod is just going to be bumped back up to the starter when slash if he comes back after his lung puncture. That was whack. Um, yeah. But, you know, Herbert looks legit. And and I think he has some pre- some really pretty passes, especially some of the deep ones we saw in that game. He was lofting it just like Josh Allen. Yeah. And speaking of Josh Allen, let's may oh, as we well can go to that one. roll I, into that. I was going to say shout-out to Jalen Guyton, who was the guy who had the 72-yard catch, and that was it for him. But – that was a crazy play, and it was basically made because of Herbert's throw. So Eight and skate. Shout out to him. Rather seven and skate, but <laughs> yeah. or six and skate. Technically, Sa- yeah, but. I guess so. Bills thirty, Raiders twenty three. Yeah, good game. It's yeah. just a good game. I think the Raiders are really solid, yep. and I think that the Bills are just dominant this year. They're my favorites for the Super Bowl. I really think that Josh is looking fantastic today or this year. He looks confident in his throws. He looks confident in his receivers. He's balling. He might just be a top three quarterback currently right now um, this season. I'd I'd argue him, Russ, and Mahomes. He's playing like it for sure. Um, He shook off a hurt shoulder that he picked up midway through the game to throw for two touchdowns. Still, I mean, I think he has a pick in the season, but no picks in this one. Yeah, only one pick all season um, compared to 12 touchdown passes. He's been accurate he's been smart he's made some crazy throws that again like don't seem smart but the dude knows his arm better than anyone else and it's just so much fun to watch it is Mahomes level for yep. sure and uh, I'm for Daniel and also just for watching them and really enjoying them I am rooting for the Bills this year to go far because I think they could do it as well Ravens 31 football team 17 no I thought the Ravens would win by more but again two touchdowns is pretty dominant uh yeah no surprises there Lamar, so the headline said that he showed his MVP form, mm-hmm. but he only threw for 193 yards, two tuds, one pick, but he ran for 53 yards in the touchdown. So is that an MVP performance from Lamar, um, especially against the football team, or, or, or do you expect more from him? Um, I don't know. I think we're kind of establishing what Lamar's real, um, I guess, vibe is mid-game. You know, it's not necessarily the passes we were seeing getting off last year. I still don't think he really has receiving talent around him. Um, I think Hollywood Brown is a solid guy, but I don't think he's that top-end receiver that you need for a guy of Lamar's caliber. And yeah, Mark Andrews is solid in the end zone uh, when you need a short target, but again, nothing crazy. Like, I think he needs some real help on offense there, and once he does, if he gets like a Tyreek Hill like Mahomes has, then we'll see the next level uh, Lamar that... We were promised last year. That's a fair point there. Um, the next game we've talked about already is Minnesota 31, Houston 23. The one thing I will say, Dalvin Cook, 27 carries for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Cooking. Every, I mean, everyone said he'd do that against Houston's terrible run defense, and there you go, he delivered. So who we were saying the Titans in a couple weeks 
pick up Derrick Henry. Well, pick up Derrick Henry. Maybe for your daily fantasy leagues, pick up Derrick Henry for that game. He's going to go crazy. Colts-Bears was a weird one. 1911 yeah. Colts. The Colts um, statistically had the best defense going into that game. I think they might still. So I, de- I did have the Colts winning it. But it was just in weird fashion. And it just makes sense that these two teams put up another weird score uh, score line. They're both 3-1. and one. I don't think anyone expected either of them to be 3-1, and one, but what did you think about this one? I don't know. I, I think Nick Foles was exactly what I thought he would be. He yeah. played average enough. Yeah. I don't think he's your franchise guy. I think this is just another knock on the Bears organization to the fact that they didn't get Cam Newton. You needed yeah. Cam Newton more than any other team in this league, and you didn't get him, and Belichick was able to snatch him up for a minimum contract. Absurd. <laughs> I, I don't have to say anything more on that. I, I completely agree with it. Um, and finally, we covered it already. Uh, Eagles 25, Niners 20. W- remember, this is a weird Sunday night football matchup going into it. Um, games have been rescheduled around it as well. But did this live up to a Sunday night football hype for you? Like, was it? It, it was I a good it was game. I mean, it yeah. was it was a good game. Um, and then again, out of the NFC East, you don't know what you're going to get with these games. So <laughs> I was like, this could be, you know, just another awful, awful time. And it wasn't. It was a fun time. And on paper, the teams right now are bad. Like, if you look at all the injuries and everything, um, and you're getting a Carson Wentz game where, again, you don't know what he's going to show up with. On paper, it wasn't a great game going into it. But when you were watching, and you were watching live end of the day, that was a good one to get you into your Monday. How about Nick Mullins struggling? So they put in C.J. Beathard, the third stringer, who's played, I think started even, games for the Niners in the past. He comes in, he didn't throw for a touchdown, but I think he had 138 yards. I mean, I know he had 138 yards, but I think it was in just eight minutes of play. So someone, like, extrapolated the data and said he was on pace for by far the craziest <laughs> or, like, most uh, passing yards in a game by a ton. But another funny stat, George Kittle, 15 catches, 183 yards, one touchdown. That's only 10 yards less than Wentz passed for total in wow. the game. So pretty cool there. Of course, it's the Eagles and Wentz who actually won that one. But, yeah, weird division, terrible. Awful. Yeah. We've been through it enough. It's just yeah, got to I don't want to say it again. All okay. right. With all that, I, I skipped over Jets Broncos because that was Thursday night, but yeah. Um, okay. With Terry Judy that, did a little Moss action. That was awesome. And it was underthrown ball from oh, whoever was starting for them at that point because they've gone through every quarterback as well, the Broncos have. Um, we got to see Joe Flacco come back for a little bit, and then Darnold replaced him. Um, is Darnold? Who are you giving up on quicker, Darnold or Daniel Jones? Haskins. <laughs> but. Next question. Yeah. Um. It's tough because they both are in. I'm actually situation. going to say Daniel Jones. Crazy, but I, I, I think yeah. I've seen greater flashes from Darnold over the years than Daniel Jones so far. Yeah, uh, and I know for a fact that Darnold has a cannon. I watched True. that cannon in college; it's legit. I don't know how many more sustained hits he can take before it's damaged beyond repair because yeah. that line is garbage. But isn't every line in the NFC? Yeah, Jones uh, has had a year less of experience, so that goes uh, into or plays into his hands better. Um, but I kind of agree. It's weird. Like the Jets have given him, uh, Donald, that is maybe even less than the Giants have tried to give Daniel Jones. Uh, like Le'Veon in his couple years with the Jets, obviously he hasn't played at all for them this year, uh, has never been as good as Saquon has been for the Giants. So the running game goes to the Giants. Receiving core, Robbie Anderson is probably the best receiver they've had at all during Darnold's time. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, he's and not that, there anymore. Exactly. Saying, so, so that's even worse. And, 
Guys like Denzel Mims, who I thought was a great pick for them. I don't think he's played at all yet. If, he's if been so, injured. barely. Um, the Crowder's Giants, been injured, but Crowder yeah. had a nice first game. And honestly, the other day, too, I think he, he was back. It's just um, weird. Like I think you got to cut both these quarterbacks some slack because there's nothing around them. But at the same time, they were supposed to be better. They were both top six picks. Um, Darnold was third, I believe. So it's just like, it's tough. I don't know when the time is for both of them to be passed up for a guy like Lawrence. But I really hope the Giants don't take Trevor Lawrence. It's just not the right decision. But people on Twitter are talking about that already, which is just... I, it's weird because I think both of us need to build up the line through the draft, but then we also need defensive help, and then we also could potentially take Trevor Lawrence and yeah. need Trevor Lawrence. It's a mess. New York is a mess. It is for football, for eh, sort of for basketball. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll save that. And we'll get into our top five. So the plan here, Jack came up with the idea, is like we said, the top five sports events or moments we would – most like to be in person and they're all theoretical we're not I, I guess you could choose a game you wish you were at in the past no i was just gonna do i thought it was theoretical yeah. cover more general stuff i'll let you go first on this one because i went first last time and this is a topic you came up with i'll take the swing okay Let's I, do it. I think no-brainer it has to be your team winning the title i think being Ooh. there in person for your team raising the trophy preferably at home would be incredible Easy. hands down Easy. I, I don't think that's really anything to argue against that um i wasn't expecting that uh good of a first overall pick i was expecting like a specific championship or something Mm -hmm. i will go okay all right so i'm gonna go kind of specific as well for this one game seven of the world series Mm -hmm. walk off home run yeah to be there in person i don't think there would be there's no i mean yes there's walk off touchdowns but we've only seen that with like the minnesota miracle Mm -hmm. um and that wasn't that was a playoff game. It wasn't the Super Bowl. It's a lot tougher to have. Well, NBA you can have a buzzer beater, so might even take that as my swing here. But I will say, like Game Seven home run to win it all. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're there rooting for the team or you're just there as a general supporter. It would suck if you're rooting for the other team. Yeah. But that would just be electric. I would love to see that stadium. And you know what? I will take a similar NBA Finals Game Seven buzzer beater. I I don't think they should be grouped together. I think they're different game winners that have to be seen differently. Uh, NBA, I honestly think would be a little less electric than the home run. I guess it all depends on how they got to this point, but I'm just imagining like LeBron pulling up in the corner for the game-winning three, hits it, or AD, he did that recently in the game against the Nuggets. It again, just like rush the court kind of vibe. Maybe if it's a college buzzer beater and you're there for March Madness, BC's never going to be in the finals. But if they were, I'd be on the court in a heartbeat. So yeah, I'll take baseball walk off, basketball walk off. I think I'm going to take your like a player on your team breaking a title or like, um, a, like a record, or like a record yeah. for a title mid mid season or just whenever it happens sure. just taking it. So like let's say Luke Void beat out uh, whoever for the home run all-time That'd scoring team. That would be insane. Wild. Um, that would be incredible to be there for. And then I think on my swing I'm going to take your so your draft pick. So first game back of the year, your draft pick getting his first start <laughs> and him actually playing insane. Yeah. So like him having a breakout game already off the bat, you just drafted him, sick. you know, like 40 point night would be awesome if it's basketball or, you know, two touchdown win if it's football. Yeah. That'd be great. That I like that a lot. Um 
I'm thinking I'm just going around like the championships now and thinking I would love to see I love to be at the playoff hole of like the Masters or something, mm-hmm. which is just like Tiger wearing his Sunday red, going up against I don't care who, it could be John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, I don't care. And just I'm not even a Tiger guy. If Tiger won, I think you would hear one of the craziest reactions ever. But regardless, if you're there and Colin Morikawa pulls off what he did in, ooh, is that the PGA Championship? Regardless, that would be electric. So I, I like the playoff hole idea of a uh, of a big PGA major. And then maybe more player specific, like a hometown guy, a guy who you grew up mm. watching maybe in high school, maybe you went to college with, having a huge pro game. It, cool. it doesn't have to be his debut. It could be like our guy Chris Heron makes it into the NBA and midway through the season has like a Jeremy Lin kind of performance. And maybe not even that much. Maybe just like a 30-point game, 20-point game. And we were there to see that and support him. That would be a really cool moment. So I'll take hometown slash school, you know, player that you know or even just grew up watching him play against, like a guy that went up against CBA, um, Matty Farrell or something. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool. So I'll take that. I think on this one... I'm going to go with one that I know for a fact we've all experienced. Okay. And it's going to be your first game. Your first wow. in-person live game. That's actually a really good pick. It's, you can't experience it again. You won't. And it's, it's always special. Yeah. Um, That's and cool. then this last one I kind of haven't planned out yet. Yeah, I'm struggling with it um, too. Let's say... A, I'll keep it easy and for the sake of time... Big comeback win. So down big early, come back late in the game, win it. I, I think that's a cool experience to be some, live. Some for. Eli Manning vibes mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I haven't really talked much football yet. I'm trying to see if I have a good football. Honestly, eh, I was going to just be like the Super Bowl and end it there, but I like getting a little more specific. Maybe I'd say a player on your team. Hmm, where do I want to go with this? Because you already took Broken Record, and I like that a lot, like a Luke Voigt kind of thing. Makes me think of, like, the Barry Bonds or the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa chase. I don't know for this I was thinking, like, maybe, like, return from an injury game. That's cool. So, like, they come back and they're still good. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Um, D. Rose's 50-point game for Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's special. You know what? I'm going to go weird. It's such a Giants thing to say because Mm -hmm. that's what we're used to. You're at the NFL draft, and you get to see, like, a franchise type player that day where he holds up the jersey for the first time and you're going crazy in the crowd because I feel like that's a pretty unique experience that not too many people go to these drafts and if you know like that guy and let's say for sure he goes on and has like a Hall of Fame career Mm -hmm. you can say I saw him get drafted to you know my favorite team that he spent his whole career with weird final pick I don't love it but I think that's kind of interesting and unique another one I thought of was (laughs) Well, they kind of go hand in hand, but one first live game with fans after Corona. That will be insane. That'll be big. Um, which, I mean, already we have some, but like fully, like a full packed crowd. Um, and then I think another would be like post some sort of like, it's kind of similar, but devastation. Like I'm thinking 9 11 and stuff in New oh, York yeah. when they came back with games. George um, Bush's first pitch. In the World Series, Ooh. yeah. That stuff's incredible, and that's that's bigger than sports. Yes, 100%. Any bigger than sports moment is a, uh awesome memory or, like, goosebumps moment. I like that a lot as well. I don't really have any, uh, like, 
honorable mentions. I, I feel like I kind of got my. I came up with those last ones too. towards yeah. the end. So. so that was very good. Uh, we will end with Shane's hot take of the week, which is that Jared Stidham, who is not starting tonight, Brian Hoyer is. Stidham's going to take over for Hoyer in the second half and ends up winning the game against the Chiefs and Mahomes. I don't see it happening, but I would love to, honestly. If Stidham finally has learned the playbook, he's been sitting behind multiple veterans now between Cam and Hoyer, and he gets his chance because I don't expect much at all from Hoyer tonight. That would be really cool to watch. I think a more realistic is that he will play, and I'd be down to see him throw a touchdown or two. I just think Mahomes is going to end up winning the game. But Belichick's going to keep it close. The spread was like 10.5, and, and I don't actually like that so much because I think the Pats know how to play this team. So yeah. what, what do you think? No, I can. I honestly can see Shane's take happening. All um, the way, yeah. But yeah, my main problem with this whole setup tonight is that Bill Belichick is full of BS uh, <laughs> over the summer saying that Stidham was going to start over Cam, and they didn't before they even got Cam that Stidham was starting. No. Even when Cam gets injured, it's not Stidham starting. Yeah. So you can't listen to a single thing the man says. It's all uh, chestnut checkers. Spin zone. He said that Stidham was starting to fire Cam up in training camp to get the position. Now he's saying Hoyer's starting to fire, to fire Stidham. Stidham up to come in halfway through the game and say, I have to prove myself to be a starter. And then Stidham gets fired up and wins. Yeah. And then that fires up Tom Brady. Whoa. And whoa, then whoa. Tom Brady gets fired up. Wins for the Bucks, but then that <laughs> fires up Jameis Winston, who then fires up Drew Brees, yeah. and Drew Brees and the Saints are now a Super Bowl contender. That's how it Boom. happens. Okay. That makes so much sense. There uh, it is. So much there sense. There it is. So much more sense. <laughs> All right. So everything we said before was false. Yeah. Saints are Super Bowl bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So with that, we end with Shane's hot take and then our own spin zone hot take. And I think it all adds up perfectly now. Thank you so much to those who joined during Instagram Live. And we try to use your takes and comments as much as possible. Shout out to Tim for just popping in randomly and making us talk about the Eagles. It, it worked. I think that's what he meant to do is be here for two minutes and get his own influence on it. Nice. So good job, Tim. Uh, but And then you guys listening now on the podcast, wherever you are, thank you as always for being... Uh, such awesome listeners and uh, followers of the show and we are excited to keep bringing this to you every week we will be on the bc versus pit football game this saturday i think that's 4 30 uh, we'll have tweets about it four o'clock you know whatever actually you're totally right it's four o'clock regardless bc uh was close to being ranked a couple weeks ago <laughs> they're, they're two and one they're taking on a formerly ranked pit team i think uh, we'll be okay it, it's a prove-it game for both of them i think we'll get a dub Hopefully, uh, our first football dub, hopefully, knock on wood. Kansas again. Yeah, not Kansas again, please. But yeah, so uh, look to hear us on that. Uh, Go Yankees. Yankees play tonight. We've got our Yankee stuff on. Tommy Gage joining just in time. But yeah, one more time, thank you for listening. Thanks for firing us up. Yeah, for sure. Now we'll fire you up, and then it's just going to endlessly keep going, and then we'll fire up. We could use that, though. Uh, We'll fire him up. He's in Boston. We got it. And then the six degrees of Separation. Stidham continues. Oh, or Kevin Bacon, kind of? Yeah, yeah, except it's Stidham this time. Cool. All right, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> join us next week for same time, same place, same system, because I'm really liking this Instagram Live stuff. And one more time, thank you guys. We love you guys, and we will see you next week. See you guys.